0: Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor
1: Lewis Mofflis. We are so glad that you have joined us today, and we're very glad that I am here. We're very glad that we're here with you, and I would like to invite you to please join us for prayer as we begin our program today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Lord, we are so glad that the Word of God is open before us, and we would like to ask for your Holy Spirit to please fill our hearts and minds as we look into the Scriptures for answers uh, for the questions that we have. I would like to ask your blessing upon those of us here at the studio of Joy FM, and also please be with our listening friends. And I pray all these things, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen.
1: Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I'm very, very glad to be here with you today. And I would also like to uh, greet uh, my wonderful wife, Jessica. Hello, Jessica. It's so good to have you here on the program today.
3: Hello, Pastor Moffinus. Thank you for having me here once again with you in the studios.
1: And it's always wonderful to have our listening friends. And if you are listening to this program, and of course you are because you can hear us, uh, you can call in your Bible questions. So, Jessica, what are the contact numbers if people want to get their Bible question to us?
3: All right. If you are calling from the island of Guam, that number is 472-472. 1111, that's 472 1111. 11. If you are calling from anywhere in the CNMI, that number is three two three eleven 13, three, two, three, one, 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 three. You're welcome to text or WhatsApp your question. That's six seven one six eight six ninety nine ninety nine. If you'd like to email your Bible question, you're welcome to do so. That's Bible at joyfmradio.net, B I B L E at joyfmradio.net. And we're also live on Facebook, so you're welcome to check us out there. That's facebook.com slash Radio.
1: And, of course, if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6, then you're listening to a rebroadcast. Of course, you can still contact Joy FM, but your answer, your live answer, will come, of course, the following program, presumably the next Monday. So go ahead and pick up your phones right now, dial in those numbers that Jessica just gave you, and we'll be so glad to hear your question and we'll be so glad to go through the Bible and get our answers straight from the Bible. All right, now, um, I believe that we do have some questions as we're waiting for the phone lines to ring. And so Jessica, what questions do we have?
3: So Pastor Moffness, we came, we got a question that came in through email. And the question is, what does it mean to live in Christ?
1: What does it mean to live in Christ? That is a good question. I would like to um, first of all, I'd like to go to a, one of my favorite verses in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 3 and reading verse 20. Revelation 3:20, okay. And let me uh, turn there myself in my, in my Bible. And Jessica, would you like to help us in reading that verse, Revelation chapter 3 and reading verse 20?
3: Sure. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me.
1: Okay. So here, Jesus is represented as knocking. And of course, uh, he's seeking access, he's seeking entrance into something. And so it's up to the reader or the listener to open the door. So this is where we get the idea that Jesus Christ lives in us. And so if Christ is in us, what does that practically mean? Well, we are inviting him to to live us. Uh, with us to always be in our hearts, to always be in our minds, in our thinking, in our feet, in our emotions, in our decision making, and for Him to put His power in our minds and in our hearts. And so, what does it mean to, to be or to live in Christ? First of all, Christ is in you, mm-hmm. you are inviting Him into uh, that relationship. And there are uh, other uh, verses that, uh, that we see in the, the, uh, the epistles and in the book of uh, Romans, for instance. Uh, I'm trying to look for that one. Uh, in Romans chapter three and reading verse 24. Would you like to read that, Jessica?
3: All right, Romans 3:24 says, being justified freely by His grace, Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus.
1: The redemption that is in Christ. In other words, you are seeking um, redemption, salvation only in him. As long as you're seeking redemption and salvation in Christ, you are in his grace. And uh, that is another uh, way of looking at it. Romans chapter 8 and reading verse 1 says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now look how uh, Paul um, talks about being in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. In other words, we are not living according to our own strength, we are relying upon the Holy Spirit to give us life and to uh, to give us insights, to give us direction, if I were to boil it down to what it really means to be in Christ, it simply means that you are in a relationship with him right? and that you are relying upon him for, well, for everything. Jesus says, without me, for without me, you can do nothing. Right. And so that is how I can, uh, did, was there anything you would like to add to that?
3: So, I, you know, I was thinking of John chapter 15, verse four, Pastor right. off This where it says, Christ Himself says, "Abide in Me, and I in you, mm. as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in Me." And then you know, Christ is talking about how He is the vine, we are the branches, mm-hmm. and basically we depend on Him for everything.
1: There's a there's a there's an intimate connection between a a, bri- a branch and a vine, right? right. And so. It's almost like the fibers are all interwoven. The life of the vine goes into the branch. And so it's a really, really solid and intricate, intimate connection that the believer has with Jesus.
3: Right. And I like how you brought out how it's like a relationship Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like Christ, the relationship that we have with Christ. He wants us to actually be one with him. Right. Like the way a husband and wife are one with each other, okay, um, and that's one of the ways to abide with Christ, uh, mm. or you know, to abide in Christ and have Him in us. Yes, where to the point where like thinking like Christ,
1: where there's no separation between the believer and Jesus, right? They're <laughs> the uh, one. You, you, in other words, if you're gonna look, if you're gonna look at me, if you're gonna ask anything of me, it's gonna be all about Jesus, <laughs> right? Right,
3: where they have His character because. When Christ comes back and he uh, brings his people to heaven, mm-hmm. he's going to bring only those who have him in them.
1: That's right. Who people who knew him.
3: him. Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay so th- that's a one wonderful question, and I'm so glad it was asked. Okay. Do we have any others? I okay.
3: So we have a question that came in from Facebook. Okay. It says, do you think COVID is one of the plagues of the end times.
1: Oh, that's a good question. And if I'm not mistaken, that question has Pretty come in to some
3: to one last week. Yeah, I
1: think. yeah, last week I think somebody asked one of those. Now, w- what we what I would like to point out is that I don't have to think, I think I can know. First of all, I am convinced in the scriptures that we are living in the end times. Right. And so um When I think of the end times and what was predicted in the end times, if we go to the book of Matthew and I believe we can look at chapter, it should be in chapter 24. Let's go there. And I am going to try to get there in a hurry. Matthew 24 and verse seven, if you could read that, Jessica.
3: It says, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places.
1: So I think it's interesting how Jesus is the one speaking here. And he says there will be pestilences, but not in just one place. You know, back in Jesus' day, um, you can say that this town was hit with this certain disease, you know, right. and everybody in it, uh, you know, died, Right. but Jesus is saying in diverse places, which means it's almost universal, different places. It's not just in one place, but it went, it went to different towns, different nations. And I do think that with COVID, we are seeing a pestilence that has gone to different places. Now, I think what might be the, the, the question behind that question, and it's something that people are asking more and more now, is, is the COVID um, part of the last plagues, mm. uh, the seven last plagues. Right. And that's a good question, too. Now, if we go to the, the seven last plagues in the book of Revelation, we see that the plagues are actually very specific. We're talking about boils. We're talking about uh, blood uh, of the ocean and blood of the rivers. We're talking about um, uh, the sun turning black. And uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The the earth is scorching. The sun is scorched with uh, the sun. And so the plagues are very specific. You find it in, by the way, in uh, Revelation chapter 15 and 16. But... Then, these plagues are so specific that we don't have to wonder. So, no, the COVID, nine, the COVID coronavirus uh, plague does not fit in any of the descriptions of the seven last plagues. Right. But it does, it can fit into the one that we read in Matthew chapter 24, right? where it says there will be pestilences in different places, almost like a worldwide scale. And right. that's something we're seeing now.
3: So we know that it is a plague in mm-hmm. the in the end times but not the uh, part of the the last plagues that right before Christ comes back.
1: Correct. And one thing I would like to point out is that the seven last plagues will not be poured out until um, probation closes in heaven. Mm. Where in Revelation 22:11 11, 11 it says Where in Revelation 22:11 it says um, that let him who is uh, unjust let him be unjust still let him who is filthy let him be filthy still let him who is righteous be righteous still and let him who is holy be holy still now when that is uh, proclaimed then the seven last plagues are poured out and it's it's uh, it's important to note that in the in the last plagues in one or two places, it says that they did not repent, mm. even though the plagues are falling. Well, obviously today people are repenting and they're turning their lives towards Christ. Right,
3: they still have a chance to turn Absolutely,
1: around. yes. I, I've I've met people who who have been, uh, you know, um, contracted with the with uh, the COVID virus and then recovered, and uh, the COVID virus is actually causing many people to pray. So it doesn't really fit the picture of the seven last plagues where nobody wants to pray once they get those plagues. They want to rebel against God. And so the whole thing doesn't fit. It doesn't, uh, the COVID, the coronavirus doesn't fit the description of the seven last plagues. And it's not bringing about the same thing that the seven last plagues brought out, which is just more rebellion to God. I'm seeing a lot of people praying more and believing more and repenting more, which is, you know, although the the virus is a terrible thing, what is wonderful is that people are turning to God. And for that, I am thankful that people have still have a heart to turn to the Lord, even during these very, very uh, terrible and fearful times.
3: Right. And I know that this, the, the last plagues, uh, seven last plagues in, in right before Christ comes that is definitely a whole bible study in itself there's so much more Mm -hmm. than what you just mentioned so i know that we can go on with that one
1: it is but um do i think that it is one of the plagues of the end times well i believe we are living in the end times definitely Mm -hmm. it is a plague from going to diverse places and for that we are very very uh i can say with great surety I think we're seeing Bible end times in play as yeah. we're as we're nearing the end.
3: Right. Okay, so Pastor Moffness, there was a correction on the question that was asked earlier about uh, living in Christ. So what does it mean to live in Christ? So the correction of that question is what does it mean to rest in Christ? Well, I am
1: so glad that that correction came through because – There is a Bible verse where Jesus actually makes that invitation. Mm -hmm. In the book of Matthew chapter 11, oops, I'm in the book of Mark. And so in Matthew 11, we see that very invitation where Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11 and starting at verse 28 to 30, Jessica, would you like to read that?
3: All right. It says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
1: Now what I really like here is that uh, Jesus is inviting people to put on a yoke and the thing about a yoke is that you yoke up two animals together and Jesus is saying you don't have to pull by yourself. (laughs) You don't have to pull your load all by yourself. I am here for you. And he says, if you take my yoke and you learn from me. And by the way, when, when you first yoke up two animals, um, they have to learn to walk together. Oh, oh okay, so that's the pace you want to go. Okay, so that's the stride. And, uh, you know, it's almost like teamwork, you know, <laughs> and it does take time for one animal to get used to the other animal. And Jesus is saying, if you learn of me and you you add m- my strength to your to your burden, you will find that my burden is light. Uh, basically, Jesus is saying, I'll do the heavy lifting. So, what does that practically mean? As we're going through life, um, I think that we all know that there are stressors, there are trials. There are things that are, quite frankly, you know, just too hard for us to really shoulder financial burdens, spiritual burdens, emotional burdens, uh, problems in the family, problems in the workplace, problems with, um, you know, mental situations. And so Jesus is saying, invite me and allow me to help you. And then he says, if you do that. If you allow me to bear your burdens, then I can give you rest. You will find that if you trust in Jesus and cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you, then you will find that uh, you can shoulder uh, the burdens that you already have. It doesn't say that the burdens are gone. Right. It simply says that Jesus will carry you and he will carry your burdens. And so give everything to him.
3: Cast your cares.
1: Cast your cares upon him. And you know, the, the question wasn't asking this, but that really is what the seventh day Sabbath rest is all about. Right. Where G- where God says on the seventh day you shall rest. It really is in a way where we say, God, you are God. I am not. Uh, I'm resting on this day because I want to rest in Jesus. Right. And we uh, on, on the Sabbath day, I love it how I can come in worship and just, throw everything upon him in prayer and worship and say, God, take everything away. And I might add, this is talking about resting from condemnation. You know, you're carrying your burden of sins and at the cross, you can lay all those burdens down as Jesus removes the guilt of your sins and you can have finally peace of mind and peace of heart. Right. Okay. I think that uh, I, I think that's how I would like to answer that, and uh, I think you also commented all right um you know it's uh looks like about nine minutes until we go to our break and I think I would like to invite you to please pick up your phone and start dialing in some questions. We're thankful that you're giving us questions uh, through many different ways through email and Facebook but if you would like to call then dial four seven two one 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 one. 472-1111. If you're calling from the lovely islands of Saipan, Tinian, and Rhoda, then please dial 323-1113, 323-1113, and go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Go to the comment section, leave your question there, we'll see it immediately, and we'll take your questions through any of these avenues. Go ahead and pick up your phone and call us, we'll look forward to your question. All right, Um, Jessica, uh, what do we have next?
3: Okay, so our next question that came in is, was there any prophets or disciples that had depression or anxiety?
1: That's a good question. (laughs) Anxiety and depression. The first person that comes to my mind is Job. And Job was, um, you know, when he lost everything, he he actually said it would have been better on that day that, the day I was born, it would have been better if I had died on that day. Uh. And that really sounds like a, a person who is going through deep, deep sadness, maybe even depression. I'm thinking of Jeremiah, who is called the weeping prophet. He says, I wish my eyes were a fountain of tears to weep for my people the people of god had all betra- had all rebelled against god and he tried to warn people and guess how many people uh heard his warnings zero mm. <laughs> nobody listened nobody listened and they put him in a pit and he was in in prison so he was called the weeping prophet and so i imagine he went through some incredibly sorrowful times now I'm not sure if I will classify this as depression, but you know Jesus shouldered every one of our sorrows. The book of Isaiah 53 says that he um, he bore our sorrows. Right. And so I would like to make the make the uh, the connection there and say that I believe that he bore our depression and our anxieties. Uh, you know he took it all upon himself. And when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, that sounds like a person who is wondering, why am I going through what I am going through? And so I'm not, I'm not going to say rock solid that Jesus um, s- suffered depression because uh, th- that's one of the questions I, I have for Jesus when I get to heaven. But I will say that he bore our depression and our anxieties and our fears and all these other things. And so, um, I'm trying to think of other prophets, David, David, when he lost his son and, uh, and when Absalom turned against him, he was in deep sorrow Mm -hmm. and there were many, many of the Psalms. If you read the Psalms, there are some Psalms there where David feels so low, right? and a lot of times when i read those psalms you know there's just something within our hearts when we read what david sung about uh, there's just something in our hearts that relates to that so well where we're we're saying you know i am where how, why are you, lord why are you so far from my groaning you know i cry and i wet my pillows with my tears and so david very well might have gone through depression and anxiety as well
2: right
1: so Job, uh, Jeremiah, David, uh, John the Baptist, you know, when he was in prison, I'm sure he went through his own uh, doubts and and fears.
3: You know, I was thinking of Elijah and how he must have been going through anxiety when he (sighs) fled.
1: Yes, that's right. When he ran. Fled from Jezebel.
3: From Jezebel. And I can imagine the anxiety he was going through because he ran far and fast.
1: Mm, Right. And then when God confronted him, he says, um, you know, I despair for my life, right I, you know what what good is me for that I live um Jezebel's trying to kill me, and I'm the only one who is faithful right and it sounds like a man who's ready to give up
2: <laughs> right.
1: I'm so glad God was there for him, though, as he spoke to him,
3: you know, um, I'm really thankful that god uh Jesus Christ understands our sorrows, our griefs. Mm-hmm. Um, in like you said in the book of Isaiah, right. chapter 53, it says, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Correct. And then it says, uh, surely he has borne born our, our grief and carried, carried our, our, sorrows. our sorrows. And even when he was in Gethsemane, mm-hmm. um, uh, Matthew, I think, is it chapter 26, verse 38, it Correct. says, he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and yeah. very heavy mm-hmm. then saith he unto them my soul is exceedingly sorrow even unto death so Jesus Christ knows how it feels when mm-hmm. we're down Yes. but what I'm so thankful about God is that he's there to lift us up Indeed. he doesn't leave us there in despair or despondency or he always gives us hope so, even with the even the prophets who were down still had hope in them, or else they would have stayed down, and you know we probably wouldn't have heard heard about them ever, right, but praise God, he knows what it feels like, and he's there to pick us up and not leave us there and Jesus Christ knows what it feels like to be sorrowful,
1: yes, he did, and I'm also glad that God was there, his father was there for Jesus when it right. says in the Garden of Gethsemane that He right. sent an angel to strengthen Him, and you know i I would like to right. I would like to invite those who are going through depression and anxiety. Uh, there's a lot of uh, different things that a person can do to help, um, to help uh, bring yourself out of that pit. But probably the one thing to do is to call upon the Lord, and He will send help in some form. He will. Trust in him, and uh, God can God will hear your cry, and he will send uh, the strength that you need. All right, do we have a caller, Jessica?
3: We have a caller here, I think is from Saipan. His name is Alex. Okay. Hello, Alex. You're on the air. Are you there? Uh, hello? Let me
4: try one more time. Oh, oh there. there.
1: Alex, hi. You're on the air, sir. Go ahead and ask your question.
4: No, no, I, I didn't have any uh, uh, answer to any questions. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, okay. Hi, Alex. Yeah. I, uh,
4: I just wanted to make a comment. Go uh, ahead, sir. On, on uh, what you were talking about. Uh, it's interesting that you thought of Joe uh, when the caller asked the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of Peter.
1: Peter, yeah. yeah. He wept. He wept bitterly. Peter
4: w- after he denied Jesus.
1: The Bible says he wept bitterly.
4: That that must have been a heavy burden on his heart.
1: It really I, yeah. I think
4: of him as uh, perhaps shutting him into in, in his house and just, you know, mope around for a day or so. Um, and also, uh, I was thinking that um, with Jesus. He has an outlet. Uh, every day he prays to his father. He did. So you know, whatever weight of uh, um, the um, burdens that he was carrying for the world, correct, sharing it with, with uh, his father. So I think that.
1: And that's an outlet that we all have, don't we?
4: Of, um, Anyway, that's, uh, that's just uh, the thought I wanted
1: to... Thank you. Thank you so you. much, Alex. Appreciate it. God bless you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless
4: you. Bye.
1: That is very true, that uh, Jesus, he had the outlet of giving everything to his Father. We have that same that same outlet to cast all of our cares upon our God.
3: And Jesus showed us the way to that outlet.
1: Indeed, he did.
3: Praise God. Oh...
1: It looks like we have, as you can hear the music, that does not mean we're done. That means we're going to be taking a break. We are halfway through our program. And so the second half, we invite you to stay tuned. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
2: This is Pastor Dave with another step to Christ. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart, the human heart, with its conflicting emotions of joy and sorrow, the wandering wayward heart, which is the dwelling place of so much impurity and deceit. 1 Samuel sixteen seven. He knows its motives, its very intents and purposes, Go to him with your soul, all stained as it is. Like the psalmist, throw its chambers open to the all-seeing eye, exclaiming, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23-24 To receive your free copy of the book Steps to Christ, call us here at Life Talk at 1-800-775-4673.
0: Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible.
1: And we have returned back to our program. We're so glad that you are still tuned in and listening and watching. And I want to give those phone numbers out so my wonderful, our wonderful friends, listening friends can call 472-1111. That's if you're calling from Guam, 472-1111. And if you're calling from Tinian, or Rhoda, then please dial from the CNMI, 323-1113. 323 1113. And if you would like to join us on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash joyfm radio. There's a live stream there. You can see what Jessica looks like as well as I. And we will <laughs> take your questions there on the comment section. All right. So, Jessica, what do we have next?
3: All right. So, Pastor Moffness, we have a caller on the air. His name is Mighty.
1: Okay. Let's talk to Mighty.
3: Hello, Mighty. Are you here?
1: Yes, yes. Hello, hi. Thank you so so much from call. Thank you so much for calling. What's your question, yeah, thank sir? Thank you
5: for expecting. I mean, accepting my call.
1: Our pleasure.
5: Uh my question is on the John one chapter two verse fifteen to seventeen.
1: John chapter one.
5: No, John. John. First John.
1: First John. Okay. Uh, chapter two. Chapter two. Verse fifteen to seventeen. All right, allow us to turn there so we can read it for you. Jessica, would you like to read that as soon as you get there? So First
3: John chapter 2, right? Yes. And what verse, sir? 15 to 17.
1: 15 to 17.
3: All right, let me go ahead and read that. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever.
1: Are those the verses that you wanted to uh, talk about?
5: Yes, sir. Yes, Pastor.
1: Okay, so what is your question regarding these verses?
5: My question is that what we... Jessica read already. It's about living here on this earth.
1: Okay. Living we here on earth, We're yes.
5: happiness, and we don't know. We take the hurt, happiness, and we don't go for God's kingdom. That means we're not. I know 100% sure that we're not going to be in God's kingdom.
1: Okay, so you're saying that uh, your, your your question is if we are being happy here on this earth that means we're not going to go to heaven yes yes okay um first of all i would like to say that the things that are spoken of here the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life those are things that uh that the serpent used to tempt eve and uh, when eve saw that the tree was good for food that's the lust of the flesh and it was pleasant to the eyes That's the lust of the eyes. And it was a tree desirable to make one wise. That's the pride of life. So the same things that Eve was tempted on, we are tempted with too. These are the points that we are tempted on. But does this mean that a a Christian is not supposed to be happy? I would like to turn your attention to the book of Galatians chapter 5. In the oh, book of Gala- Galatians chapter 5, and I want to read something you may be familiar with. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And here in Galatians chapter 5, and I'm trying to turn there in my Bible. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, I'd like to read this for you, sir. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. I would like to point out that there is a joy that Christians can um, experience in their walk with God. It has nothing to do with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The joy that Jesus gives is different from the world's joy. Jesus actually said this where he says my peace I give unto you not as the world gives give I unto you So there is a joy there is a peace there is a happiness in the book in the book of Matthew chapter 5 Jesus said blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are those who mourn blessed are those who are meek the word blessed means happy So there is a happiness that comes to the Christian, even while he's here in this world. What can we be happy about? Well, we can be happy that God loves us. We can have joy that Jesus gives us victory over sin. Uh, we We can have a smile on our face when we are with other Christians and we are experiencing God's salvation together and victory together. So there, there are joys and pleasures that God does allow, but there are unlawful pleasures, and that's the one that you find in the book of First John, chapter two. Um, am I making am I making any sense, Brother Mighty? Is Brother Mighty still yeah, with thank us? thank
5: you oh. very much. Uh, the book that you. T- Said earlier is uh, Galatians Galatians chapter, chapter, five,
1: chapter 5 and reading verse 22 and 23
5: Galatians and 23, what yeah.
1: about Matthew chapter 5 Matthew chapter 5 uh, from verse 1 to
5: 12 1 to 12 mm-hmm. oh thank you very much pastor you're I very really welcome I understand it now
1: thank you I am uh, so glad good, you called holy
5: word, word that I'm listening tonight
1: oh praise God praise God
5: yeah <laughs> and um I want to ask you one more question.
1: All right, go ahead.
5: It's about those gone away from us, our loved ones, right?
1: People who have died. Okay. Yeah. Yes.
5: So, those that faith in God will rise first, right?
1: According to First Thessalonians four sixteen, yes.
5: So what about the one not faith in God? Where they do you know? Do you know any? any concern about where they're going
1: if you're talking about those who are not saved and uh, when Jesus Christ comes you are right those who are who, those who died in Christ will rise but for those that are not uh, saved yes the Bible does say something about them it says in the book of Revelation chapter 20 and i am going to read verse five well maybe four and five in verse four it says i saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them and i saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of jesus so these are those who are saved they were beheaded but now they are sitting on thrones this is after jesus christ's second coming And for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon its foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So those are the righteous, brother mighty. They are uh, after Jesus Christ comes, they're going to sit on thrones in the kingdom of heaven. Judgment will be given to them and they have everlasting life. But verse five describes the wicked who have died. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So, Brother Mighty, this is another Bible study uh, entirely, but uh, you asked what about those who are not in Christ and they're dead right now? The Bible says that they will not live again. They will not get their resurrection until a thousand years after Jesus Christ has returned. And so that's the short answer. But if you would like to have a larger Bible study on that, I think we can provide that for you. Uh, you'll just have to call back Joy FM and ask how can you get a Bible study on the one thousand years. Okay.
3: Okay. I think we lost him. Oh, we lost over him. The okay, air. but I certainly
1: hope you heard that, mighty. All right, Jessica. All right.
3: Okay, so we have another caller. Okay. Um, his name is Paul.
1: Paul. Hello, welcome to Straight from the Bible, Paul. You're on the air.
6: Hello, Pastor Mahesh.
1: Hello, hi.
6: You have a question for us, Paul? Yeah, I, I have a question for you, sir. Um, it's about uh, Baptism. Baptism? Yeah, um, I'm a I'm a Catholic uh, before. Okay. I went to Victory Chapel. All right. Uh, the uh, uh, Calvary Chapel. And I'm learning uh, the word of God. Wonderful. And I learned about uh, Sabbath day. Okay. That's why I'm I, uh, to, to the church uh, Happy Family.
1: Okay. So what is your question, sir?
6: My question is, uh, do I need to get baptized again? Or uh, since I got baptized over there, uh, I don't need it anymore.
1: Okay. That is a good question. Um when we talk about baptism, in the book of Matthew chapter 28 and reading verse 29 and 30, I'm going to ask Jessica to please uh, turn there and read Matthew twenty-eight nineteen and 20. And there's something very important about baptism here. Jessica?
3: It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen.
1: Okay, so you'll notice here, Brother Paul, that in order to be baptized, a person needs to be taught. He says, go, therefore, teach all nations, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you. So before a person is baptized, he needs to be taught he needs to be taught all the things that uh, that a person should know before they're baptized. But here's the thing. In the Bible, there was this one instance. There was this one story you find it in the book of Acts chapter 19. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. It says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. So Paul found some believers, but let's read what these believers uh, knew. It says in verse 2 of Acts 19, he said unto them, have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Verse 3, And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Paul, I would like to point out something here. These disciples, they were disciples of John, and they were baptized. Now, there was nothing wrong with John's baptism. Right. But, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Right. But they didn't learn everything. They did not even know about the Holy Spirit. And they didn't know about Jesus either. And so when Paul um, taught them more of the truth, then they were baptized again. And this time they were baptized into the full truth of knowing all the things that they needed to know. I find that many times when a person is baptized and it's wonderful, they gave their lives to Christ and they partook of God's forgiveness, his salvation, and it's wonderful. However, Many times I find that when I study with people who have already been baptized, uh, they didn't know everything. Some of them were baptized with with the wrong method, through sprinkling or pouring, when the Bible says to be baptized with immersion. Some people were baptized keeping the wrong day holy, like Sunday or some other day, when the Bible says to keep the seventh day Sabbath. If a person is baptized not knowing all of the truth, then I recommend that they learn all of the truth and then be baptized again, just like we see here in the book of Acts. Does that answer your question, Paul? Uh, Yes, sir. In the book of Acts 19, we do have an example of people who were baptized twice because they learned more and they wanted to be baptized into all the truth.
6: Uh, thank you, Pastor uh, uh Can you teach me? Uh, I'm willing to learn
1: and oh. get by, by you. <laughs> well, praise God, and I am. Um, I'm. I know where you go to church, and I'll be happy to meet with you, Paul. Okay, <laughs> praise so, the Lord.
6: You, we, have a, we have church on Sunday,
1: right? Yes, we do. Uh, the Seventh Day Adventist Church has church every Saturday Sabbath. Yes.
6: Okay, thank you, sir. Okay. See you
1: then. God bless you. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <Oops>. Sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry that you got Don't cut off. So. Okay, Jessica, we have very limited time left, but what do we have now?
3: Okay, so if you can answer this question, Pastor Moffness. Okay. How is the Sabbath and the Lord's Last Supper related?
1: Okay, so the Lord's Last Supper, uh, communion service, mm-hmm. and the Sabbath. Well, I would like to... Point out that uh, the first Lord's Supper was not on the Sabbath. <laughs> right. The first Lord's Supper was on Thursday night, and so it uh, it, it tells us that uh, the Lord's Supper is not a way to show which day is the Sabbath. If that was the tr- if that was the case, then Thursday would be the sa- would be the Sabbath. So the Lord's day does not dictate which day is the Sabbath day. But what is the, the relationship. I'm sorry. What did I say?
3: You said the Lord's Day does not dictate which.
1: I'm is. sorry. The Lord's Supper does right. not dictate which day is the Lord's Day. Right. So they are separate. Um, you, you might say they are separate um, issues and separate practices. Now, there's nothing wrong with having the Lord's Supper on the Sabbath. And as a matter of fact, I think that's rather nice. Right. Um, but. Uh, the one thing that I can say that they have in common and in what way they are related is that both have to do with salvation. Mm-hmm. Salvation in Jesus. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Jesus, we just read the verse in, in uh, Matthew chapter 11 come unto me, and I will give you rest, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. And that is the rest of salvation. And the Lord's Supper is all about how Jesus. His body was broken and his blood was, was uh, shed so that we could have the salvation of rest. In other words, we don't have to bleed. Our bodies don't have to be broken because Jesus has already done those things for us. And so that would be the relation I see between the Sabbath and the Lord's Supper, communion service. Okay, I certainly hope that answered the question. And I, I know that we're, it seems like we're going pretty fast between the uh, these questions. But it looks like we do have another question, uh, another caller.
3: Okay, so let me go ahead and put this caller on the air. The name is I- Ikie. Ikie.
1: Hello, Ikie. Hello. Hey, Hi. So, wife. so glad to hear you.
7: Long time no talk, no, <laughs> long time no see. Okay.
1: Do you have a question for us, Ikie? Yes.
7: I heard about uh, when you guys talking about depression
1: about what? depression depression, depression. Yes, yes yes
7: and uh, thank you I heard the answer you say, you say that we just call up on God
1: that is the very first thing that we should do and there are many other things that we can do to help us uh, overcome uh, I'm depression, of the
4: depression yeah.
1: but yes we should call be calling upon the Lord he can help
7: we just need to uh pray pray to God to help us help me I just need to to call God to help me to pray for him
1: yes you...
7: I'm really even my doctor my ner- nurse they ask me if i'm depressed and I said yes every day
1: oh well, good i'm I'm glad that you're calling upon the lord
7: yes even uh to see my doctor nobody can take me my my kids are
1: very naughty. Well do- doctors. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you should uh, not listen to your doctors. Doctors can help. doctors can help in ways that uh you know, yes. that have to do with physical, um, chemical imbalances in the brain, um, yes. giving you the right medication. Yes. But yes. but none of those none of those things are how can I say, they, don't, uh, they deal with symptoms. They deal with the symptoms that depression bring. But to get to the root cause of depression and anxiety, um, there are thought patterns that need to change. There are emotions that have to be dealt with. Even a change in diet and light exposure, these are all things and tools that God can give and so we certainly don't want to uh say that medical uh information is not important. They do they do help. Uh but in uh, there's a there's a wonderful program called depression and anxiety relief program and uh it recovery goes program. recovery program. It goes deep to where the issue is and that it has um it has good advice regarding diet to provide the brain with the right nutrition to have good thought processes. Um, light exposure, uh, where we're getting enough of vitamin D and other types of uh, things that that uh, the morning the morning sunrise can benefit with depression. Exercise is also something that helps. God, God um, gave Adam and Eve work in the garden, and. And so there's many things that God gives us that we can take advantage of to help overcome depression and anxiety. But yes, Ikea, you are correct, Um, calling upon the Lord is a very, very uh, useful and, and, uh, how can I say, a very, very good tool to use to avail yourself of God's grace. That's something that uh, I believe is indispensable. Okay, Uh, Jessica, do we have another question?
3: Um, Okay, explain Matthew chapter 10, verse 34.
1: Explain Matthew chapter 10 and reading verse 34. We are getting so many questions, Jessica. Isn't it wonderful?
3: Non-stop.
1: Non-stop, and it's great. Okay, so Matthew chapter 10 and reading verse 34. Would you like to read that for us?
3: It says, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword.
1: Okay. Now, there are a lot of people here who are are thinking, wow, Jesus came to bring a sword? (laughs) Uh, I thought he was the Prince of Peace. I thought that he he told Peter to put away his sword. (laughs) Right. And so what is this that Jesus says that he did not bring peace, but a sword? Uh, Well, the very... uh, the very verse previous to that gives a little bit of uh, a help to understand. Whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. And so Jesus is saying that uh, if you're going to be true to me, and being true to God, that will put you at odds with many people. We read later on in verse thirty-five: "For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and." The daughter against her mother, and the mother-in-law against her, uh, her the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Verse thirty-six says, "And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me." And then comes verse thirty-eight, "And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me." When we're talking about the cost of discipleship, it really does require 100% uh, consecration to Jesus. Um, If there is one part in our life, one part in our heart that is not given to Jesus, guess who takes advantage of that? Mm, (laughs) The devil. Yeah, he is going to take that one thing that you didn't give to Jesus and he's going to use it. Uh, if it maybe he sees that you put your spouse above God, well, I imagine de- the devil's gonna make quite good use of that. Oh, he he doesn't want to listen to God if it ta- if it can if it includes his uh, if it involves his wife. Well, maybe I can influence the wife to do something about that, or maybe it's the job. Let's say you didn't give God your job. Mm. Well, the devil's going to say, okay, well, I'll get his boss to, you know, manipulate him and whatever it is that we don't give to, give to, uh, give to God, the devil's going to use it. So that's why Jesus says, if you want all of you to be saved, then give everything to you, to, to me. And so God's re- the relationship we have with God has to be above everything on earth. has to be above money above fame and fortune, above the applause of men, even above family and relatives. And this is what Jesus did when he was 12, right? right? He he said to his mother and father, you know, I must be doing my father's business. And so that doesn't mean that we disrespect mother or father or that we, are, we show that uh, we don't love our friends or bosses and things like that. But it does say that um, many times when people choose to follow God wholeheartedly, not everybody else understands.
3: Right. Or agrees.
1: Or agrees. And they put up opposition. And a disciple of Christ has to go through that with love and patience, with kindness and tenderness, but being firm and saying, I am not going to go along with what the world expects of me. I'm going to go with what God expects of me.
3: Right. I was actually thinking of Paul, how he was persecuting Christians, thinking that he was doing good. He was doing
1: God's service.
3: Right. Not understanding that these Christians were giving their hearts and lives to God himself, which was Jesus Christ. And he didn't understand that until God sent the two-edged sword through his heart, Mm -hmm. and he realized... He was on the wrong side doing the wrong thing.
1: And boy did he have to change. <laughs>
3: right. And you know when Christ says I I did not come to bring peace but a sword. I was thinking of the two-edged sword in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Right. How it says the word is of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And just that two-edged sword can divide households, like you said, because they choose Christ over the world.
1: I see. Okay, so it looks like uh, question after question is coming, and I am overjoyed that people are listening and tuning in and asking questions. Okay, Um. oh my, it looks like we just ran out of time and we still had questions coming in. Well, that's a good problem, but we apologize if we didn't get to your question today. And so, um, Jessica, thank you very much for being with me in the program today.
3: Thank you, Pastor Moffness, and for being I, on the program.
1: <laughs> and I would like to uh, thank each and every one of you for tuning in. And so, and right now, we would just like to say, uh, this is Pastor Lewis Moffness.
3: And Jessica Moffness,
1: saying Good, good night.
3: night.
0: Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.